The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 166 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. After retiring from medical practice, I became an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is principles for training memory, what family caregivers should know. Interest in memory is rising because of questions about changes in memory that occur in children with conditions such as dyslexia. Interest in memory is rising especially quickly because of all the things we hear and know about Alzheimer's disease and its destructive effects on memory. Interest in memory is rising because we want to know how memory normally works, that's so we can recognize what the normal effects of aging are, so we can know when to ask for help in finding out if memory isn't working normally for our family members or for ourselves. An interest in memory training is likely to grow among family caregivers, coping with all the responsibilities of family caregiving, so they can make sure that their memories are giving them the best possible service. Which was why our topic today, Principles for Training Memory, What Family Caregivers Should Know, is so interesting and so important. And to discuss it, our guest is Tony Bizan. Tony is an internationally renowned expert on the thinking process. He's been named by Forbes magazine as one of the world's top five speakers. He's the inventor of mind mapping used by an estimated 250 million people worldwide and is the world's foremost expert in mental literacy. He's an authority on the principles of learning and his advice has been sought by leading companies like Microsoft, IBM, Disney, British Telecom and Oracle. His positioning as one of the world's top speakers was achieved through the appreciation of his audiences who describe his seminars and workshops as life-changing and who applaud him for his mastery of his subject, his engaging manner and his human touch, and who routinely praise him for his energizing, affirming and amusing lectures which inspire and enthuse them. Enthuse them. So welcome to the show, Tony. Thank you very much for your most kind introduction. There we go. Now, first question for you. Tell us some more about your career and whether you have any of your own experience with family caregiving and also what led to your interest in training memory. Very happy to do that. In fact, when I started, as you, as you gather, I am English. And when I was a young boy, I was seven years old. I had one friend, a boy called Barry, and he was fascinated in, in nature and he could identify the flight pattern of any bird, any butterfly, any moth. I couldn't. But in school, I managed to get a top mark in a nature test which said, you know, name two fish in English rivers. There are over a 100. Name the difference between a butterfly and a moth. What's the difference between an insect and a spider? And so they said that I was the top student. And I suddenly realized that my best friend, they had demoted him to the bottom of the entire group of classes. They elevated me to the top, and I knew that he knew more than I did. That was when I was seven. And I suddenly thought, who thinks who is smart? And what is smart? And how does my brain work? And so from the age of seven, after realizing that, you'll be pleased to know that I became intellectually a delinquent, always 
probing who says what about smart and not smart, and who cares about the mind of the young child. And so that sparked me for my life to begin to ask questions about the brain, about learning, about memory, about the aging process. And I am now, you'll be pleased to know, 70 years old. And I have a lot to say, polemically, about what happens with your brain when it gets older. I've got lots of good news for you, Gordon, and everybody else. And I could go on for, I could go on for a week with the history of my exploration. One story was that I went to the library when I wasn't doing well at university. And I went to the library and I said to the librarian, I need a book on how to use my brain. And the librarian pointed to one section. She said, that's the medical section. I said, I don't want to operate on my brain. I want to know how to use it, you know, how to operate it, not operate on it. And she said, oh, there are no books on that. And that's when I started to write my books. And uh, at the moment, I'm at number 127. Very good. Now, Tony, please explain your work in developing, applying and promoting memory training. Delighted to do that. When I was in school and when I was at university, you know, I had been taught how to take notes. And I had been taught that one had to use one color, you know, a blue or a black, and that you had to use lines and words and make it neat. And I thought, yeah, that looks good. And I became good at it. And I got marks for, for good notes. And then I began to realize my first years of university that the more I studied, the worse my marks got. So I made more and more notes. So I had volumes of these notes. And the more notes I made, the worse my memory got. And I thought, you know, something's seriously wrong. And then as exams were coming up over the horizon, I thought, you know, I'm in desperation. I'm losing my intelligence. I'm actually training myself to be more stupid. So I used to speed through my notes, picking out the key words and key ideas and put them on memory cards. And I suddenly realized that my notes were 90% wasted time because my brain only needed the key words for the exams. And the key words were less than 10% of the volume. So I began to use key words in my notes. And I stemmed the tide of disaster for my brain. And then I began to look at my notes and I realized they were one color and one color is a monotone and a monotone, Gordon, is a monotone. And what word does everybody use when they describe something that is monotonous? Boring. Boring. And what does a brain do when it's bored? Tunes out, switches off, shuts down. And therefore, traditional note-taking helped destroy memory. So that's when I began to use color and my keywords. And then I realized that things in the brain for memory connected to things. Association was vital. And therefore, I began to use keywords, images, lines, arrows, codes, connection, and what appeared in front of me in the late 60s, the mind map. And that's how mind maps evolved. And that's how memory evolved. I, I built the mind map originally as a memory technique, a multi-dimensional mnemonic tool. Now, let's ask you about the memory training services you and your team provide, the people to whom you provide these services to, and how these services benefit them. Tony? Yeah, I'm happy to do that in, in many, many ways. First of all, um, I've written books for the BBC, especially the BBC, on memory. So I wrote for the BBC and Pearson a book called The Memory Book. And that book explains how your memory works, what kind of techniques and tools you can use, and how you can improve your memory, how you can make it better. That's one major activity. Another activity is that I teach 
memory courses, and I do those in conjunction with Think Buzan. There's a website there, thinkbuzan.com. And that website, that company, Think Buzan, teaches people how to use mind maps to help memory improve. And then my own particular courses are seminars a day long on how to remember. And for people who want to learn how to teach people how to remember, in other words, they become licensed instructors, they do that course primarily with me working with Think Buzan. And obviously, I do it with people like you, Gordon, and everybody else. You know, spreading the news that memory is a much more powerful tool than anybody thinks it is. Everybody has a better memory, and the memory can be trained. And another way to look into it is how I founded the World Memory Championships. And you can go again on the web, worldmemorychampionships.com. And would you believe that this week, the timing, Gordon, of our discussion is perfect. On Friday of this week, the World Memory Championships commence Friday the 14th in London with people from all over the world who've proved that you can improve your memory. Now, just say a little bit more about the benefits that people get from your services. I would be delighted to do that. When you think about your memory, you will think about it, as most people do, as something that is actually getting worse as you get older. And memory is like a computer filing system. Now, the fact is that that is not the way memory works. Memory works with, well, let me ask you first, do you daydream? Me personally, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And all brilliant people daydream, and all good memorizers daydream. In fact, everybody daydreams. And daydreaming is the brain using imagery and building the imagery into stories and parables and adventures. So memory does not work with just numbers and words and filing systems. Memory works primarily with images and associations. For example, if I say to you and to all the listeners, uh, hey guys, just think about mango. What happens in your head? Do you see a little computer printout that says M-A-N-G-O dash A-F-R-U-I-T? Not at all. What happens in your head? You see an image. You feel the multisensory, you know, you get the taste of it, the smell of it, the vivid color of it, the texture of it. So the brain and its memory work with vision. And when you've got mango in your head, you have the associations, you know, the color is an association. When you last had a mango, where you ate one in Jamaica or China, you know, wherever it was. So the brain works with visualization and association. And that is how memory... Exactly. And that's how memory works. And when memory works like that and you are trained to do it, your imagination gets better, your ability to associate gets better, your IQ rises, your energy levels rise, your memory for names and faces and poetry and your code numbers and telephone numbers, etc. Everything gets better when you train it. And when your imagination and your association abilities are improved, then your creativity improves as well. Now, talking um, of creativity, Tony, I have yeah. to interrupt you. Sorry to say this, because we do have to take a short break. As I like to say, this is where we pay the rent. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Tony Buzan. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and on CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. 
Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Are you a homeowner who's trying to save on energy bills and go green at the same time? Tune into Energy Saving in the Home, brought to you by 521 Compressor Saver and Home Energy Consultants with host Gary Parr and Dennis Seltzer. They have saved homeowners just like you as much as 65% on energy bills through energy efficiency practices. You'll learn about conservation, products, and services to reduce energy consumption and save you money. Be sure to listen to Energy Saving in the Home, live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Tony Bazan. Our topic is Principles for Training Memory, what family caregivers should know. Now, let's talk about memory challenges at various ages, Tony. So what are the memory challenges that affect children and what are the consequences of those challenges? Uh, the, the challenge for the memory is the educational systems that crush it. Because most kids, when they want to remember something, remember it. But when it is taught linearly, when it is taught monotonously, then everything that is monotonous and therefore, as we said, is boring, then the brain tunes out. And I've done many field surveys around the world on memory and what do kids think about school. And nearly every parent who says to the child, Hi, darling, how was school today? In every country, most children say what? Boring, daddy. (laughs) Right. Boring, mummy. And then everybody says, oh, that's terrible. You know, it's not boring. It's wonderful. And the fact is that the children are correct. It is boring. They're not taught how to use their brains. So the caring for children has to be to teach them how to learn. Uh, Let me, again, just ask you, if you... If you buy something like, say, a watch, or you buy a computer, you buy a washing machine, what comes with it? An operations manual. Right. When you're born with a brain, where's the operations manual? (laughs) That's, That's why I started to write the first book that I wrote was Use Your Head, which I've updated now for 40 years. It's an operations manual on how to use your brain. And once you know how to use it, it works well. So every child needs to be taught how to learn how to learn. Because once you don't know how to learn, then it gets worse and worse and worse. So many kids go down the tubes into the swamp, you know, in their first 10 years, when in fact... They've been given misinformation, wrong information, dull information, and their brains are disengaged, whereas every child should be taught how to remember, how to imagine, how to make associations, how to mind map, how brilliant you really are, my child, because every child is really bright, and we've got to let those children know that and know how to use their brains so that they can prove to themselves that they are brilliant and that their memory does work and will get better and better and better. And I'll talk to, talk to you something about stress and memory 
and age and memory as well, if you would like me to say so. Let's move from children to young adults. Young adults in a competitive world. What are the memory challenges for them and what are the consequences for them of those challenges? Yes. Young people in the competitive world have very many training devices that help train them to get worse and worse memories. Because stress is the number one memory destroyer. Therefore, when you are you know, late teenager, early 20s and so on, what you've got to do is keep yourself physically fit because that oxygenates your brain when you are physically fit, whereas many people in work you know, sit at a desk for eight hours a day and don't exercise. So you've got to exercise your brain. When you exercise, it will reduce your stress. When you use the memory techniques that I've mentioned, like mind mapping, like imagination and association techniques, then using color, using imagination, using mind maps reduces your stress and therefore your memory gets better and better. Some of the depressing statistics show that already by the age of 18 or 19, the memory skill starts to de decline. That is not fundamentally true. It's true when somebody doesn't train physically, doesn't exercise their imagination, sits at a desk all day, takes linear boring notes. Of course, they train themselves to get more dull, more stupid, more gray, less good at remembering. But in your late teens, early 20s, you've got to keep your brain fit, and the more you train it, the better and better it gets. You've got to use mind maps, you've got to train your memory, and then everything in your life gets better and better. You become more successful. So it's like physical exercise and sport and so on. You just keep on training. Now, on that same theme, let's go now to ask you the same question about memory challenges, but those that affect adults as they age normally. And when we talk about adults aging, we're talking about people, Tony, of your age and of my age. And let's think about the consequences for those kinds of people of the challenges of memory change with age. What are they? Yes. The standard literature on memory and decline with age for people basically 50 and up shows, even with some of their study results, that the average brain, as it gets older, has a fading memory. Now, Gordon, I am going to be almost vehement about what I'm going to say. And what I'm going to say is that as your brain gets older, it should get better. The challenges are the misinformation that people are using. It's like using the wrong formula for your brain. <clears throat> so when you think in the wrong way, you use the wrong formula things get worse. For example, let's imagine you're, you know, you're an Olympic athlete, you get stuck, stuck in a swamp, and you think, ah, well, the formula to get out of the swamp that I'm sinking in is to use my Olympian energy. What will happen if you use your Olympian energy in a swamp? You'll sink, and you will sink faster. That doesn't mean that you're not strong and you're not Olympic, it just means you're using the wrong formula. So, when you use the wrong formula with your brain, you sink into the mental swamp. So when you use linear notes, when you make lists to help you remember, when you think you're getting worse as you get older, all of that makes your brain get worse and worse. Whereas what you have to do when you are 20, 30, 40, 50, you look at memory, you look at mind mapping, you start to train yourself like a mental athlete, like the people do in the World Memory Championships, and you train your memory to get better and better as you get older. So the common assumption that there are standard challenges for older people are not true. What is true is 
that if you train the brain, if you get more blood going into your brain, if you inspire your imagination, if you help make connections, if you know how to take notes using thinking tools like mind maps, then your brain will get better. And in fact, there are no negative challenges. There are wonderfully positive challenges. Can I tell you a story about a, a memory champion, world memory champion? Go ahead. Yeah, Dominic O'Brien, the eight times world memory champion, he won the championship and he was dyslexic and I'll come back to that later. He was 17 years old and thrown out of school because they said he couldn't remember and he was dyslexic. When he was in his 30s, he trained himself and he won the world memory championship and he won eight times in a row, you know, building up into his 40s and then he retired. When he was 55, he thought, well, it'd be great fun, wouldn't it, to enter the World Memory Championships. So um, I'll just, I'll enter an English United Kingdom Open Memory Championship with no training, you know, just see what it's like when he was 55 years old. And he entered the competition, and in the 10 different competitions, in three of those 10 competitions, he got the best scores he'd ever got in his life when he'd won eight World Memory Championships. And so he's another perfect demonstration of the fact that when you train your brain, it'll get better. And Dominic has said that every year of his life, he's noted that when he just keeps it in trim and enjoys the training, he does get better and better. And he's already now 56, and he's still getting better. Tony, I asked you before about um, the courses and programs and so on, training that you offer. Yes. Just let's be specific about adults as they're aging. You're telling them to keep mentally fit. Yes. Are your programs, have you got programs directed at that generation, our generation, that group? And if so, what are those programs? Well, those programs are the one to four day memory courses that deal with memory throughout age. And one of the particular ones that I focus on is a, it's a, a new book that I've written called The Most Important Graph in the World. It's called MIG, M-I-G, Most Important Graph in the World. And that book is about memory and how as you understand that graph, you learn what happens to your brain as you get older, how you can train your brain in your life, and why in the average situation, most people have a quote-unquote fading memory. And the most important graph in the world explains it. And once you suddenly realize it, you think, oh my goodness, it's not because I'm getting older, it's because of what I've been doing that is wrong for my memory. And one story there in one of these courses, and it's, it's one of my one-day memory courses and the most important graph in the world course, and that is a story about five-year-old children because, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80-year-old people will say to people, or to their friends, oh, God, you know, I, I went home and I, I forgot how to, you know, well, where to put my keys and I, I forgot my briefcase, and I forgot my wallet, and I forgot my work that I was supposed to take home. And the other person says, yeah, you know, I, I forgot my friend's telephone number. And they say, oh, yeah, terrible, you know, I'm getting old. My memory is getting worse as I get older. And they all say, yeah, yeah, I know it's the same for me. And they pat each other on the shoulder and stagger off into oblivion, congratulating themselves on the disintegration of their brains. And I say, look, you know, they're saying that when they were seven years old, when they were five years old, they were once fabulous, but now they're terrible. I said, just go into any classroom, five-year-old children, and go into it at the end of the day and see what these brilliant memorizers have left in school. And five-year-old kids have forgotten their notebooks. <laughs> they've forgotten their money. Yeah. They've forgotten their pen knives, they've forgotten the sweets and candies, <laughs> they've forgotten their jacket, they've forgotten their wallet, you know, they've forgotten everything. And the only difference between the five-year-old 
and the 65-year-old is when the five-year-old gets home and suddenly realizes, you know, I've forgotten my candy, forgotten my pocket money, forgotten my books. He doesn't sit down and collapse into a chair saying, oh, my God, I'm five years old and my memory is disintegrating. <laughs> I love it. Now, on that point, we're going to have to go into our break once more. Very so. Good. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Tony Buzan. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Pearl River. Please stay with us. We will be back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea. To Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Tony Bazan. Our topic is Principles for Training Memory, What Family Caregivers Should Know. Let's talk about the principles for memory training to improve memory at various ages and help for family caregivers caring for family members affected by incurable health and particularly incurable memory conditions. Now, Tony, what are the principles for memory training? Uh, you've already covered these to a considerable extent, but sure. I, also, I also want you to go into more detail about the principles for memory training for improving memory in children. You know, you were talking about kids uh, leaving their stuff behind in school, um, happens to us all and has happened to us all. How do you approach those sorts of problems with children in school? Very happy to do that. There are two or three really main, main principles for developing and indeed helping ailing memory. And the three principles are imagination. This is the development of the imagination. And why imagination? Because you should spell it imag, like I-M-A-G, dash in nation. Because your imagination is your ability to develop the images in your brain. That's principle number one. And the question, of course, is how many images can there be in your brain? And I'll come back to that when I talk about second principle. The second principle is association. Ability of the brain to make connections between things. So, for example, very often you might be listening to a piece of music when you're driving and you suddenly think, oh, 
that's the beginning of that song where I and my true love were in this wonderful nature park and where we looked at the sunset and the sound of that music which they listened to when they were there before suddenly it brings back all the associations so imagination and associations the first two and the third big principle is location these are the first three i'm going to give you more so let me emphasize location when people are trying to remember for example the examination type questions that appear in an examination what they will tend to do is go through the notes in their mind you know they'll they'll look in their imagination on the pages of the books they've read and the pages of their notes and they'll vaguely remember oh yeah i remember that was i think somewhere up in the top left hand side of the page about a quarter of the way through the book and all of that is location so when the brain knows the location it can remember now for example let's look at things that people forget they forget very often keys and wallets and clothes etc but let's let's take keys which are the most popular forgetting things what people do is they come into their home they put their keys down while they are thinking about something else they're thinking about a problem they're trying to solve thinking about a friend they're going to meet thinking about 25 things they've got to do so inside their head their brain is seeing all the things they've got to deal with and they just casually put the keys down but they don't look at where they're putting them down they're not thinking about it so they forget where they put them because they don't know where they don't know the location and to take this example into more extreme how many people gordon do you think people have parked their car how many people have parked their car gone to the theater gone to see their friends gone to see their true love whatever and they come out of whatever door they've gone into and they suddenly think where's my car and they have driven their own car they've parked their own car it's a 5 ton object and they've put it there and they don't know where it is why not because they never actually paid attention to it when they parked the car they were thinking about their true love they were thinking about the meal they were going to have thinking about the theater thinking about the sports so the their brain was filled with the imagination the images but not the car so when you get out of a car and you've parked it you take the keys out you close the door you lock that car by whatever method and you look at it for a fraction of a second but consciously you do that and then you quickly scan the environment is it near a tree is it near a building in the parking lot where is the columns in the parking lot you know, don't try to remember what car it's next to because other people move it right therefore they're driving your memory away so imagination association a location helps you lock your memory in it locks it all together and you improve on even that by developing your senses people right. look you know people look without seeing they listen without hearing they eat without tasting they touch without feeling you know they smell or they don't actually smell things at all and they they talk without thinking so people aren't using their brains to help feed the energy of memory and therefore you use your imagination you use your association you make sure you locate things and then you see what it is you want to remember you hear it you know when you put your keys down you pay attention to the click or the thud as you put them down and that helps you remember so you fill your brain with all these wonderful sensual locations sensual objects sensual events in your life 
and it fills your life with more senses, and therefore you become more sensible in the real sense of that word. And your memory improves. You don't have any problems with your memory. And when you do have your forgetting problems, you know, let's say you forget where your briefcase is, you forget where you put your bag, you forget where you put your jacket, whatever you've forgotten, the minute you realize you've forgotten it, don't think, my memory is getting worse. Think, that's interesting. You know, my memory is fine, but I wasn't paying attention. Why wasn't I paying attention? Was it because I'm jet-lagged? Was it because I didn't get any sleep? Was it because I partied too much? <laughs> was it because, you know, I was just daydreaming about my true love and I wasn't thinking about anything, so I wasn't getting any location, any association, no image, only my true love in my mind? So when you know all this, when you know these principles, everything is more enjoyable. Sensual is really important. You've got to develop your senses as well as applying the three principles. And the mind map, if you think about a mind map, because it starts with an image in the center and it has colored branches and images throughout, everything that is on your mind map is located in a specific part of the mind map. And therefore, your note-taking is a memory technique. Now, Tony, I want to ask you something that goes to the future. And that is, what more would you like to do and see done to improve memory training for children and adults all over the world? What, what should be the future? Gordon, that is my life vision. That is what I've been working for all my life. And my goal, my dream, this is a dream that I am working to make come true, is that every child in every school, in every country in the world, every child knows all the mental literacy principles, knows about how its memory works, knows how powerful its brain cell is, knows how to write creatively, knows how to be an artist, as everybody basically is, knows how to write poetry really, knows how to develop the ability to imagine, daydream, write and create. Every child needs to know about the left and right sides of its cortex, know the relationship between the brain and the body, and how healthy mind and healthy body gives you healthy body, healthy mind and how mind mapping is like a mental gymnasium. So everybody who knows how to mind map, and as you mentioned earlier, there are well over a quarter of a million, quarter of a billion now, people actually mind mapping. And by the way, on the, on the internet now, on the web, on Google, on whatever network you go to, there are hundreds of millions of mind maps. So when you check in, you know, Enter Google, enter my map, images, and see how many images there are. There are hundreds of millions. And when you my map, put them up there. Because my maps are like the flowers of intelligence. And we want to populate the entire internet, the entire global network, the global brain, fill it with flowers, the flowers of intelligence. So, your principles and my dream all tie in together. Every child in the world needs to know what a magnificent piece of equipment its human brain and body is. It has, needs to have the tools to develop that and to have wonderful mentors, teachers, carers, professors, you name it, everybody who will help. And the World Memory Championships is designed for that as well because you can check that on the web, and it will show you how people from all races, all cultures, all ages, all incomes, all IQs, all of them improve their memory and their intelligences because they knew how to. And so it's a growing global community of, I think we would call them warriors of the mind. I mean, Gordon, you are one of those, a warrior of the mind. In other words, people who are fighting for the love, the knowledge, the passion 
to allow every child, every family member to realize what a, you know, what a miracle the individual is, the brain is, and the body is, and the whole system is, and it can be developed throughout life, throughout life. Tony, you're a warrior of the mind, Gordon. Thank you. Now, please speak to um, mental health care professionals. You know, I'm a returned physician. What is your message to people like me, mental health care professionals, about memory training? What's your message? Um, basically, the brain itself is not a static organ. It is magnificently synergetic and flexible, and in the medical terms, plastic. In other words, it is flexible in its ability to deal with situations. And if we look at the, the computer brain, you know, our brain has how many computer chips? Well, each chip in a human brain is a brain cell. And the individual brain cell of the million million that we've got, each brain cell is far more powerful than a standard PC with its thousands of standard electronic computer chips. When the brain is stimulated, all the brain cells are like these wonderful, miraculous, multiple tentacled octopuses. And when the brain is stimulated, when you teach people how to learn, when you teach them memory skills, when you care for them, when you make them laugh, the brain cells actually branch out more. They extend their tentacles and they make more interconnections. And when the brain is stimulated, again, against all the old-fashioned thinking, the brain, you, everybody now with us today, everybody has a brain that generates a thousand brain cells every day, new. And when you use the brain actively, those new brains make more connections, you know, wonderful internet. So the human brain is a physical internet. My conclusion and summary of medical health, caring, mental health, is that mental health depends upon the nurturing of the brain and the body. And the nurturing has to take place physically with diet, good food, and good exercise, and good mental knowledge, learning how to learn. And there's a little, a little acronym, and that is GFGB, JFJB. Good food, good brain. Yes. Junk food, junk brain. <laughs> so Very straight. We've got to feed it well. We've got to give it learning how to learn techniques and with that situation, the individual will become mentally very healthy, will become a healthy warrior of the mind, which is what everybody should be. Right now, very last message, quick one, please, Tony. Your message for family caregivers about memory training for family members, young and aging. Family caregivers, your message for them. Yeah. Hello, caregivers. Let me please, well, first of all, bless you for looking after families. Families can be thought of as a, a group of brains, minds, spirits, and bodies. And that age has very little to do with it. When the brain works, when the baby's brain works, the child's brain works, the 20-year-old brains work, the 50-year-old brain works, the 90-year-old brain works, they all work the same way. They work with the images and the associations and the locations and the particular original connections that they have. The advantage of being older is that they've got more images in their head. You know, their data bank, their library, their archive is massive when they're older and therefore they can make more connections. And when they learn how to learn and keep their brains fresh, 
the good older members of the family become like children again. And the good adults, the great grandparents, are like grandchildren. Rather than calling them grandparents, call them grandchildren. And they've done surveys now around the world with young children saying, you know, who are your favorite people? And there are obviously, you know, uncles and aunties and teachers, etc., etc. Who do you think the number one favorite person in the family and educational area is? It's Don't know. Gra- it's grandpa and grandma. There you go. Now, Tony, on that point, unfortunately, I have to close us because the tyranny of time. I want to say thank <laughs> right. you. Thank you very much indeed. We'll be reconnecting with you, but I want to wish you every success in your mission, your dream, and your work in bringing the best possible use of memory and memory principles to everyone you come in contact with right across the world. So all good wishes to you. Thank you. I will, I will stay in touch with you and all your friends. You can contact me on my own website, TonyBuzan.com, and I will definitely connect with you humanly and electronically. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> You're now, a great warrior of the mind. <laughs> that you too. Now, I want to say, um, again, thank, thank you to Tony for sharing with us all his insights and all his advice and all his enthusiasm. And once again, I'm going to wish him every success on behalf of all of us. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear from you about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest for the show. Our next episode, we'll be talking about who should own our electronic medical records. Please join us then, same time, same spot, on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 